Welcome back, Wrench Nation. All you mechanical maniacs, we appreciate you hanging out with us every week uh, right here from uh, the East Valley Institute of Technology. You know, we've said this before. The reason why we do the show from the EVIT campus is because we got a ton of rock stars, by the way, of automotive instructors, automotive students, and all of you parents out there that said to yourself maybe a year ago, you said, well, I don't want my kid involved in the automotive video. But then that changed. That slowly changed because you realize the fact is this is an amazing industry to be a part of. And the Wrench Nation show is with you every week. As well as we welcome all of our familia, the mechanical maniacs, hanging out with us right over at 90.7 The Neon on Saturday. And, of course, our great family of uh, listeners from uh, the better part of uh, all of Arizona. Uh, And that is our great folks at... uh, KFNX uh, 1100 AM. So we've got my lovely co-host, Mrs. Susie Sockets. What is shaking in your world, girl? Well, the thing that's shaking, Frank, is that we have company this week, and I'm really excited. Can I give a shout-out to uh, my nieces? Well, I was going to say, this is a family show in the PG-13 <laughs> situation, so as long as it's clean, the shout-out is all yours. It is clean. Our nieces, Kaya and Jade, are here from uh, Denver, Colorado, they actually play ball for uh, Colorado State Universities, and they're tall, Frank. These tw- tall. little 21-year-olds are tall. Well, big shout-out to the tall yes. familia visiting from uh, out of state. We hope you enjoy it. This is the time of year. In fact, I know a lot of you, are. this is kind of the last few weeks of hanging out in uh, the Phoenix uh, suburbs and central Phoenix proper because our weather is off the hook beautiful. It is beautiful. What is the temp today? I don't know. I just know I can, we can hike in it. We can do all. And and speaking of which, because this is, after all, a car talk show, a lot of times you guys tune in and say, oh, what kind of craziness <laughs> is going on there? But um, a lot of you are preparing uh, for sort of that spring cleaning of car situations. And I want to advise many of you, specifically with your coolant systems, uh, we won't get too technical. There's many other great car talk shows. In fact, I'm going to give a shout-out. Bumper to Bumper Radio, my good friends uh, Matt Allen yeah. uh, and, of course, Dave uh, Riccio. Riccio, I always jacked that last name up. Okay, so you said Dave Riccio, right? He's the owner of Tri-City Transmission. I've got to give him a shout-out, too, because he gave me the opportunity for some voice work recently. So oh, thanks, Dave. It's a small world. Look at it. It's one yeah. big happy family. Now, is it Riccio or Riccio? Well, he's an Italian. Depends That's on whether you ask his grandfather. Oh, he's Italian. He's a he's Dave, Italiano. A big shout out. So there, there's all kinds of great, uh, good car talk out there. And of course, we like to travel with you. Uh, have some pretty cool and exciting guests. But I wanted to get back to this little thing here. A lot of you don't realize it. Till it's too late. I raise my hand. I'm the same way. Sometimes we don't prepare, right? It's last minute. But don't be last minute when those triple digits come regarding your engine and your coolant system. Yeah. Please, people, whether you come down to our place, Desert Car Care Chandler, or you need to reach out to me. I've got a network across the country of great guys and gals that'll take care of your car. Start thinking about that now. That means if you've got a ride that's sixty to 80,000 miles, and a lot of that stuff's rubber, original, factory stuff. Don't wait for a blowout, right? So think about that. I'm not trying to preach. It's not homework time, people. But I don't want to see you busted down on the side of the road. You're on your way to San Diego, and everybody looks at you. Oh, they're from Phoenix. They didn't check out their stuff. <laughs> you know, so 
Um, we'd like to announce the show topic as we do every week. We are so honored and privileged. No fanciness here, people. We go on a journey and and often learn with you about some incredible folks uh, in the motorsports industry. And I remind you, WrenchNation.tv, get on over there. And, of course, Wrench Nation Facebook. The show never stops on those mediums. Uh, we'd love to have you hang out. And you can catch some of the other shows. But, man, I want to take us... On a journey, Susie. Take me on a journey, Frank. I'm just in a journey kind of state of mind. How about we step back? Where's this journey going, Frank? We're going back to the legends. How far back? Well, I'm saying before I was born back. Really? Well, I'm not going to reveal ages on this show. But how about we go back to the 1950s and 1960s, right after World War II. People were happy. People were buying houses. People did not want to just go 30 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour. People wanted and had the passion for speed. Speed. Now, today you watch it on TV, and it's wait, done, NHRA, (laughs) walk, done, but it's exciting. Uh, we've had some uh, pretty cool guests, uh, uh, worked with Robert Hyde and, of course, uh, uh, some of the John Forrest Racing family and, and Doug Kalitta, that great camp of motorsports folks over there with J.R. Todd and recently uh, Blake Alexander in the Pronto Rail. And it's a wonderful sport. It's a family sport. But where did it all come from? Other than a bunch of grown people wanting to go fast. We're going to learn that today, aren't we, Frank? We are. We're going to step back. Legends of the drag racing, the early days of speed. And I'll have you know, for all my Arizona listeners, we're going to touch the Arizona legends. Nice. Now, listen, all you California people are listening. I know it. And you're saying, well, it all kind of started over here. But Arizona can have fun, too. That's right. Just because it was uh, triple digits didn't mean we weren't (laughs) popping wheelies on some racetrack somewhere. And so uh, we are honored and privileged to have Bill Guzik from the Guzik family. And, of course, uh, a lot of you remember Guzik's Speed Shop. That was a dynamite place, uh, one of the places to hit it for speed and parts and all kinds of stuff. So we've got Bill Guzik, uh, who is actually the founder uh, and chairman of the Arizona Drag Racer Reunion, keeping that history alive. So Bill Guzik is going to join us. Uh, but before we bring in Mr. Bill Guzik, we got to cover some of this news situation. One of the things that really will just, quite frankly, piss you off, it does me, and I think you'll agree, when you see pets on the back of a truck. Oh, I hate that. Now, look, I'm going to get some hate. Some of you are saying, well, Frank, you don't know what you're talking about. It's safe because I got him safe. No. Now, here's a big 80-pound dog in the back of a truck on the freeway. That's a problem. Please tell me it's not going to have a sad ending. No. Sadness is not a part of the Wrench Nation okay, situations. Yes. We try to keep it vehicular happy, <laughs> happy. and spiritually happy. <laughs> but I got to tell you what's going down. Um, have we increased the stupidity level? Now, you've seen horses in horse trailers cruising down, nice and quiet, and kids looking at the horses and saying, Oh, Daddy, that's a nice, cute-looking horse. And then, and then Mom and Dad say, oh, look at all that uh, funny business on the side there. That horse just had a, had a problem. But how about I tell you that there was an individual who was literally, this horse was standing upright on the back of a pickup truck. What? Doing 70 miles no. of hour. Unprotected. 
Where was this at? Well, I love my Texas people, and they say don't mess with Texas, but how about you don't mess with horses on the back of pickup trucks, Texas? Now, I would think that's against the law. Did he get? Did they get ticketed? Well, this is north of Houston, uh, Route 59 in Corrigan, Texas. And, of course, you can catch the rest of this full-on story, autoblog.com. Our friends over there have this story. But according to ABC 13, the cops actually had to pull this fella over, uh, but were unable to cite him. Technically, there's no law to carry a big old grown horse on the back of a pickup. Wow, I find that crazy. I don't know if we need any more laws. I'm not for more laws. More like common sense, human endangerment. I just, um, the thing might fall out. Well, you'd think that's animal cruelty, but some of these places, maybe he was just going down the street. Maybe he just wanted more horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that, uh, Sorry. That was good. Was that okay, Frank? That, that was all right. So witnesses <laughs> said the animal was struggling to maintain its footing, which uh, now that I would have pulled, I would yo, Jack, I'm pulling you over yeah. right now. Citizens arrest. So here's a horse. He's wobbly. The wind is going. An old pickup. He's shaking. He's wobbly. Police say, okay, something's not right with this picture. I must pull them over. But ultimately, there was no law for this. And, and, the, and the dude said, hey, everything's okay. This horse is worth $15,000. Oh, my. So they don't make sense to me. I that don't, I don't know. Sense. I don't know. I want to hear from you people. 480-655-8870. Do you think getting by with a big daddy horse on the back of a truck, pickup truck, is okay by you. I'm going to say no, no, or nay. No. <laughs> Man, if people only knew, this is not. <laughs> All right, girl. It's not what, scripted. So I want to hear what's happening in your uh, neck of the woods for news. Well, so, you know, we talked about all the uh, the heat and the drought conditions, but way up north, did you see what they did in uh, on Lake in Finland? In Finland. In like Finland. The, in the country, Finland. Yeah, you'll find this on Beyond the Press via YouTube, but they took a Subaru Legacy Wagon and convert will change the tires out for half inch thick steel disc saw blades. What? I didn't yeah. get, Now wait a minute. Is this car culture in Finland? Is this what's <laughs> happening with my Finlandians? <laughs> now wait a minute. So you've got Now say this again cuz okay. I got to uh, tell the people. What do we got? So the the cold weather brings boredom, right? So they went ahead and took a Subaru and they converted it with saw blades instead of tires so they could grab the ice and the snow while they drive. That's a lumberjack edition. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, uh, so um so this dude uh, he was bored, you said. Bored. Yeah. So he could. So did he get out of his little ice house? He and got then out of the ice house. <laughs> got himself some Finlandian vodka. <laughs> Is that what they drink? Vodka? Now, when fin you first Finland vodka? I guess they like the Russians. Not okay. too far away. All right. I think they're close countries by each other. They're, they're you know, vodka's the thing. Yeah. So I, when you first said this, um, you said that these, you said the tires were like saw. No, the tires were actually replaced with half-inch thick steel saw blades. So how do you not sink? Is he cutting? Well, it does say, ironically, that spends more time cutting into the ice than it is staying on top of the ice. Well, look at me. I was an engineer. <laughs> I knew this all along. I don't know about that situation, but uh, more power to you. And in fact, I don't know if the Internet's just doing to it. I mean, maybe we just know too much. In there. But people seem to be getting all kinds of crazy with, like, with their car. Like, years ago... Well, look what he did. He put a lawnmower in something. <laughs> but protege. now you've got lumberjack Finlandian Sven drinking a bottle of vodka, putting on some saw. He he, yeah. he got with the local mill. I don't know. Do they have trees in Finland? <laughs> <laughs> and he's cutting through ice, but that sounds like a great day. Yeah. 
I would have. That I sounds like fun. I think I would have been there with my Finlandian friends, but I would have had some of that vodka because that's a that's a goofy situation. I want you guys to stay tuned, man. Every week we take you on a journey, and this week we are going to step back into time, specifically here the lore, the legend of what was pre NHRA hot rod drag racing right here in Arizona. People, stay tuned for Legends of Drag Racing: The Early Days of Speed with Bill Guzik next. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Lee Weatherby's Accurate Automotive is a local, family-owned, award-winning auto repair shop in Mesa, serving Arizona drivers since 1992. ASE-certified technicians, modern repair facility, and digital reports on every service. In Mesa on Robson Road, just south of Broadway, between Country Club and Center. 480-890-0409, AccurateAutomotiveAZ.com, or Accurate Automotive AZ on Facebook. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation, Car Talk. Don't forget, get on over to Wrench Nation Facebook. A lot of our show and our guests, we'd like to get that up on Facebook. Some of you on Snapchat. Susan, we don't do Snapchat. It's too fast and furious. I don't know how to use it. I don't know. I don't know. But And then, of course, the Wrench Nation. You gotta love TV. Get on over there. We have a lot of you um, mechanics and technicians. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. A lot of you guys have actually subscribed on over there and no we don't spam you we i got better things to do but you know we're a union we're a network and we're just having fun but also educating and going on a journey with that said uh we have a gentleman that's actually uh yeah i'm just gonna say bill guzik you are a legend in the drag racing uh here in arizona welcome to the show man thank you yeah a pleasure to have you on and you do truly go back let's set the time frame i know mom and dad were a big influence but I want to dive in and let folks know Guzik's Speed Shop. That was the place to go. Tell us, what did you do over there? Well, I'm I'm the oldest son, so I did just about everything. That's how it works in a family business. <laughs> yeah, it is, the oldest son. Yeah. yeah. Um, wrenching on cars. Uh, well, we, we just sold parts. We didn't really okay. do any installation or yeah. repair work or anything like that. So we, we were just the originators of having a, a speed shop in Phoenix to where you could come in and buy the, the parts that you needed to build your streetcar race car and you know you think about parts today and everyone's like well i need a sensor i need this you know (laughs) but back in the back in those days what were some of the more popular i mean were people buying quadra junks (laughs) quadra carburetors what were you selling a lot of back then for Uh, if if we can ask that bw wheel adapters all right five lug chevy ford to the early wide pattern bws okay lots and lots of those uh mallory distributors Wyand intake manifolds, Edelbrock manifolds, yeah. headers. Yeah. Um, did you get a phone call once in a while? Like a lot of parts countermen and gals, I should say, today, they'll get that call. Hey, I installed that part. It's not working. Did you have installer error back then? And then how did you, I mean, how did you handle that? What was that phone call like? Well, you know, <laughs> back then it really wasn't so much phone call as they just come back in and talk to you face to face. Sure. So, yeah, yeah that. You know, you'd come in and you could explain to them. We raced, the family raced, so we used the parts that we sold. Sure. So you could tell them, this is what we did. This is how we made it work. This is what you can do. And the reason why I ask that, I'm going somewhere with this. A lot of you right now listening are going to work on your car this weekend, and you may install a part. 
be nice to the counter people because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, once in a while there's a part failure, but uh, you may have not watched the right YouTube video right, <laughs> to right. install it. So, and I, I want to air that out because uh, you know we gotta we gotta give shout outs to our parts people. Um, so tell us about going back in time, uh, pre NHRA, right before drag racing was really sanctioned for many reasons, right? What was the climate like uh, when you were coming up? Let's go sixties. Everyone had the need for speed. That still exists today in yes. in, in many forms and yes. fashion yes. Uh, of that. Give us an account for the weekend. You worked on a, a rail and you were getting ready to hit the track for the weekend. What was that climate like back then with folks? Well, it, I mean, it was different because everybody did it out of their own pocket. They did it because they wanted to, because that was what the, it was the car culture. Yeah. And it wasn't like today I read, I read recently like a championship team running a top fuel rail or funny car. That's millions. Oh yeah. A year. Yeah. In fact, it's one of the complaints currently that, and I hope it works out, that it's so hard even for stock to be able to get in. And, and that's somewhat yeah. what we're seeing, this movement of street outlaws and right. you know, all this other, which kind of is going back. Right. Going right. back in a time. It's like everything else. Everything goes around, comes back around. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk to us about the, uh, the Sportsland drag race strip. Uh-huh. Yes. That was sanctioned. One of the early tracks to be sanctioned. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What What did it take? I mean, could, people don't realize that we had airstrips basically that folks would meet out on. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Raced. My dad raced on those for a long, long time. What's it take for a track to be sanctioned? Uh, NHRA wise. I well, mean, different now than it was back then. Of course, back then it was just having a track and and wanting it to be. So you I know, wish it was that easy simple, huh? right? Because right. I, I would take, I would, I would take, uh, I don't know, I would take an old road somewhere. I mean, yeah. if it was that easy. Um, well, safety was a big thing back in the day. I mean, pre Don Garlitz, right? Because that yeah, big. There's hardly ever a pre Don Garlitz. I know, <laughs> but mainly what I believe was the transition from front engine to rear mounted engine. Okay. Um, big Daddy Don Garlitz had that horrific. Horrific accident that uh, Long Beach in Long Beach, you know, going from front engine mount now shipping it to the rear, that had a lot to do with it because uh, safety was an issue. Yes, but there were some rear engine cars before his. Of, of course, the speed but it sport car like... out of Tucson was a rear engine roadster, and yeah, yeah. But no, Don did a lot, did almost everything to bring that around. He's the one that made it into the the popular real real world. Atmosphere. Yeah. Um, when we consider sponsors today, and by the way, sponsors, they had that part of the other safety uh, or go fast was the the rail wing, mm -hmm. okay. which most at the time said, okay, that's great, but we had more real estate for sponsors. <laughs> true, true. But that helped keep that that rail stable. It did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Um Tires were a lot to do with safety. Back in the day, those rails would just smoke it all the way down the track. Right. Well, when my dad first started, they were recap tires, and uh, they came from Moxley Slicks, which was down on Van Buren and about 24th Street. That's, That's going back. Well, it just seemed to be like not just here, Phoenix suburbs, Arizona, but all over the country. Like that was there was like cars was big culture. Like people were connected in all yes. in all kinds of. 
I mean, the local dealership, it, it wasn't just dealerships. There were speed shops. There were carb shops. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Dude, it was a place, 27th Avenue in McDowell. Big carb house. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of that place, but you'd go in, and there was like 80 guys in there at their benches rebuilding carburetors. Oh, uh, Charlie well, C. Jones. Charlie C. Jones. Ah. Thank you. And now, of course, big shout out to Rod's Carburetor is still around. I think it's 27th and McDowell. I think so. But that that was like, that was how we did. Like, we, yep. re, we rebuilt everything. Yep. Yes. You. <laughs> I, I used to rebuild Holly carburetors in my garage to support my race car habit from the boat guys that would leave them fit all winter long. <laughs> so, so yeah. uh, Mr. Bill Guzik had a side hustle. <laughs> That's the way to do it, though. I mean, that, and it was simple enough. Tell us about some of your experiences. Were you fearful on the track? I mean, building out a rail, putting your heart and soul in it, the day of, of, of racing, where was your mindset at on the track? Well, I mean, you wanted to win. That was what you went there for. And you wanted to do the best you could do. And you just did everything you could to, to win within reason to, you know, you don't, Never cheated or never did anything like that. I always said, if you couldn't do it on your own merit and your own ability, there was no reason to do it. Having a speed shop, it kind of made it different than somebody that was just an independent person. You had access to parts. Yes. Quicker. Yes. I can imagine that. Did you did you call uh, any of the Guzik familiar and say, hey, we need this part real quick, get it over? Or did you, you'd come out, <laughs> you'd come out to the track prepared. Yes. Well, usually, yes. But that, that's, how we, that's how mechanics think, oh, yeah, we're ready. But then there's that one part, oh, snap, we forgot that part. <laughs> and, and the older you get and the more you race, the more prepared you need to be. In the beginning, you just went because it was fun, and, okay, I can fix that at the track. So Would definitely like to give uh, a shout-out to all the great things that you're doing with the uh, Drag Racing Reunion. Uh, we have a lot of folks listening. I want to send them to where they can find, let's just talk about this upcoming event before okay. Frank forgets. <laughs> it's a, it's truly a blessing when you run into people that are preserving history. Thank you. Uh, yes. Especially for these youngsters. I think we'll all agree. Uh, we all have this mantra on the show that let's get these kids out of these digital phones and get them under the hood of whether it's a hot rod or a car or something, something. to tinker. Where can folks find the greatness that you're doing with the uh, reunion? Yep. Uh, it will be this Saturday, March the 23rd, at Bear Break, 2222 West Peoria Avenue in Phoenix. All right. We'll have that posted up on our Ranch Nation uh, Facebook so you guys can have that uh, as a reference. How do you spell Bear Break? B-E-A-R. Bear. Okay. Yeah, they've been, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, that's about 50 years? Yeah, they're probably 30 or so. 30, yeah, yeah they've mm-hmm. been around for a while. Tell us, what uh, what will folks expect out there? What, what, do you, what do you have lined up? We have about... 25 dragsters, funny cars, alters. Going to do what I call a, a fuel car fire up. Somebody else has a, another phrase that they use that you can't use. So, <laughs> but yeah, there'll be fuel dragsters and fuel funny cars and alters. And we have about 20 different booths set up. Some of the uh, old nostalgic speed shop stuff, some things from our Goosek Speed Shop, Valley Speed Center. Uh, Winslow Drag Strip, Speed World. That's an active that. community. I mean, that's that's still alive and kicking. And, you know, what's really cool is when we do, you know, we'll do car shows. Uh, and, and in fact, we're going to try to make it out there, quite Hope honestly. So. Yeah, I think cool. I think we try to do our best to get out there. We do see it's a family affair. That hasn't changed. No. That has not changed. No. 
you started speaking a family affair. Dad had you out. Dad had you busy. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I went to the races with him in the middle to early 50s. and We raced California and Nevada, different places, different drag strips around. What were the challenges back then that you that you sort of faced competitively? I know you said, and you're being modest and you're being humble, and in fact, all of motorsports, modest and humble, <laughs> especially when they're on the microphone. But, I, <laughs> but I, 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 I know you wanted to win. You, wanted, you didn't want to cheat. You, didn't want to, you wanted to run a clean race. Right. What was your challenges, though, on that track? The track itself, in a lot of cases, because they were old and... A lot different than they are now. I mean, uh, the old Tucson dragway, I can remember running 150 miles an hour, but you didn't get on the brakes until you were slowed down to 100 because it was so rough at the other end of the racetrack. Pull the parachute, let it glide along for a while, and then start working the brakes. Yeah, and that parachute's a big deal. It wasn't always parachute. I mean, no. it, 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 uh, I mean, it was very, actually quite unsafe. I mean, the history of people maiming and unfortunately dying on the track was serious yes yes things things have changed to, to the good was there an equivalent of a safety safari at the racetrack there were a few few different people yes but nothing like the nhra safety safari no they had the uh ambulance people mostly back in the in the very beginning it was sheriff's officers oh keeping the peace on that track <laughs> well that's that too but they they also dealt with car accidents and such as that of course so they kind of had a pre paramedic type of situation going there u.s air force the, the drag racing stemmed from those airstrips they weren't active airstrips i mean they were unless were they, you went to were, winslow dragway and that was an active strip <laughs> yeah well it was an active airport in winslow yes <laughs> now that is cool that is cool imagine well, going to sky harbor right now. hold on a minute hold on we got a race we got john force running down the track <laughs> Because uh, that, that was something I had in mind. I, I didn't want to assume that, oh, these were abandoned. Well, most of them most were, Most of them yes. were, yeah. But they, we also raced at Deer Valley Airport, which belonged to Art Linkletter at the time. And they would actually block off the, the track part of it to keep the airplanes from landing. But occasionally, somebody didn't get the message. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, hold on. There's a Cessna across the- <laughs> There's one of the guys that comes to my reunion has a picture of his dad who was in a wheelchair sitting on the line at Deer Valley and there's a B-52 coming in to land. <laughs> oh, that, my gosh. <laughs> see, as a fan, I would be so excited. That would be you know, cool. I, like, my wife sometimes doesn't go to these things with us and I would be like, honey, you're missing it. It was a B-52 that almost <laughs> crashed. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. We've come a long way. I mean, now it's controlled where we have you know, the, the flyovers oh, yeah. and the wonderful things that right. the the Air Force will do at, uh, you know, a modern-day NHRA track. When, I mean, so let's, the safety is important, and we're going to break here in a minute, but I wanted to cover, that parachute is a big deal. Yes. Um, how did that all start? I mean, folks realized, okay, we got to stop. We have brakes, but that parachute was a really big part of the, the inception of thinking about safety a lot more. Who pioneered and... Who came up with that? I, if I don't can... remember who pioneered, but they were big, yes, because they were off of cargo planes. So they were huge at one time compared oh, to what they we, are now. Before we figured out, oh, you don't need a Boeing 737. Yeah, right, right. You're, you're stopping yeah. 2,000 pounds, not 20,000 pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, uh, we're going to talk more about, uh, I think, the safety school. We're going to dive into some horsepower as well, you know, get into 
how we slowly transitioned. And then I have a big question. John Force, a champion for the industry of yes. racing. Um, I have a question, and I want you guys to chime in if you can. You can test us, 480-655-8870. John Force, a legend on the track, will be 70. Some of his contracts are expiring end of year. If John Force goes away, where do we go with NHRA? Wow. I'm going to ask that question next. I'd like to explore that respectfully right here in Wrench Nation. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. Partsauthority.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie hanging out with you every week. Right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Proud to do the show from one of the greatest uh, high schools, uh, trade schools uh, in the country. Uh, we are rejoined with Bill Guzik of, uh, was, uh, of uh, the Guzik Speed Shop. In fact, during the break, we were talking about some of the, some of the really cool speed shops. Of course, the Guzik family was one of the great shops to go in and reliable parts and had the in for speed at the time. And give us, uh, th- there are still a few, because you closed that shop after a great run in 90 or so, 89, yeah, 90. Late, late 80s, yes. Uh, give a shout out to a couple of the original speed shops that are still open. We'd love to give them a shout out. Well, of course, Lopers is still around and Mike Kelly owns that. Uh, there's Ramjet Speed over in uh, Cave Creek and Daddy O is who's in there. And then you got Don's Hot Rod Shop in Tucson. And a good friend of mine is in uh, Albuquerque is Yearwood Speed. Very good, very, very old school type speed shops. Now you said Ram Jet, and I could feel the energy. <laughs> you 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 got excited. What's the affinity with Ram Jet? Well, he's just old school. He's, he's a just, real deal, right? Right. He's got the parts there. He's interested in taking care of the people, and that's what it's about. You know, yeah, he's he's a good guy. And we talked about this, like in all fairness, uh, generations as they they sort of pass through. Uh, nothing against the Generation X, Z, Boomers, Bammers, <laughs> CZ, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> but back in the day, like we. We didn't get, we didn't have internet. There was YouTuber. We had the magazine. Right. Hot Rod, Carcraft, Rod and, and Custom. And we were just talking during the break, like, and it's all good. We respect that. We get folks that'll come in and say, hey, I saw this on YouTube, man. This is how you got to fix my car. <laughs> uh, and so we, we got to be respectful and there's a way to deal with that. But back in the day, folks would come in with the mag, the Hot Rod magazine and right. said. There was, there was an article in there. Bill Jenkins did such and such. Well, Bill Jenkins was a little different than what the guy off of the street that just turned 18 years old was. So you kind of had to explain to them that it was a different mindset, a different direction that they needed to go in. And you said that respectfully. I mean, I, I've heard of people say, well, you need to get out of here with that magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. you you said that respectfully. And I, I think most great automotive garages, parts houses, whether old school, new school, Folks are going to be sensitive to how, I mean, after all, the consumer wants to know. I mean, they want to be a part of it, whether it's old school magazine or internet. 
the muckety muck. Right. I, I'm sorry on YouTube. There's some stuff on YouTube that well, but should not be on YouTube. <laughs> no. Well, we be anywhere. It. I mean, it, I've seen I've seen videos how to clean your catalytic converter with your wife's Ajax from the sink. Okay, <laughs> alrighty then. <laughs> alrighty then. So. Uh, but it is an honor to have you on, and I want to remind you, listening, look, it's great family fun right here, 22nd Avenue, Peoria, Bear Breaks You. Check out the Arizona Drag Racers Reunion, March 23rd. Head on out of there from 9 to 3 p.m. You're actually going to find some original, going back in time, some original classic rod and rails, and more importantly, people... You're talking passion. These aren't things that people yes. just bought and said, well, I'm just going to show up and show off. No, it's never show up and show off. No. It's telling the story. And that's what's really cool. Thanks. Yes. I mean, that's it really is. What we really try is. to do is to, to keep that alive, to let people know what it was like back in the day. Yeah, and it brings me to another point. We, we talked a little bit during the break, and Good Guys show was last weekend. We were out there. You were out there. And, yes. and we said, you know, we, we talk about, invigorating car culture and, and doing our best. Like we're not trying to look, nobody has the Holy grail about what the future is going to hold. No, but as folks in the industry and folks that really just enjoy this business of automotive, this culture, whether you're building uh, a rail in the pit in HRA or whether you're a garage owner, we got to inspire the future. Yes. yes. And um, you had mentioned good guys. What was your observation? There's, it's a little different at good guys than it is at some of the NHRA races and such, but yeah, it's, it's still there and they're bringing in some of the newer vehicles. So that brings some of the younger kids into it yeah. because they can build a 77 Camaro instead of building a street rod or something that costs you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Or right now all the rage, uh, you know, an 87 Supra or, you know, a, a 240. Uh, like we had mentioned, ClassicCars.com, we, we did one of their gigs. It was called the Future Classic Classics Car Show up in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. It was their second year, and I thought it was really cool. So in speaking to that, like uh, like my daughter may not have a relationship with a, with a Chevelle. Right. But she loves that Supra. Right. I love the Supra too, by the way. I do too. Yeah. It is a nice car. It is a nice car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Speaking of Japanese, you were around in the 70s. Did that change how we put things together on the racetrack? I know it changed a lot for the automotive industry. It seemed like we weren't paying attention uh, to design. Gas was a big deal, 70s gas crunch. Right. Japanese came in. Nothing against our Japanese familia. But then the Honda came around. Right. Did that right. change racing? Somewhat, but not really. No, no. I mean, if if you're a, a gearhead and a car guy back then, you, you had a Chevelle, you had a Mustang, you yeah. had a, you know, Javelin there, or whatever it was. Was there a sense, was there a sense of rebelling against that well, whole, I mean, some, get those little things out of here or something. Yeah, some people did, yes. Yeah. And and some people still do. <laughs> well, right now what I see is is the hybrid green movement. Right. Well, did, did you go to the NHRA race here? Yes. And they had that electric Copa Camaro? Yes, I mean, we I'm, didn't see that. I heard about that. I, I'm overly impressed with that, and I'm I'm a well internal combustion motor guy. I am too, man. I'm a four stroke kind of guy, but with electric, there's no there's just about any bit of drag is eliminated. Right. I mean, and so for you listening, electric just does not. When you take a Tesla, I think it's zero to sixty in two 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 eight. Yeah. Well, the, the Camaro three. ran three ran nine 
78 at 139 miles an hour. That's respectable. Okay. He didn't have to stop for gas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's respectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so that I mean, that's the future, and certainly we got to incorporate that and 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 all that. Um, uh, you got some uh, family shout outs you want to give anybody listening? Oh, I just want to say thank you to uh, Hal and Gabby Bear for letting us have the reunion at their facility, and we greatly appreciate that and all of the effort that they put in to help us. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, uh, you have a you have a local business that. Uh, you know, spends the time to make it work. They don't yeah. just say, hey, here's the parking lot. Right. They're actually involved. So, again, I remind you, Arizona Drag Races Reunion, March 23rd. It's a great time, great family fun. Bring everybody out. Bring grandpa, grandma, grandson, grandkids. Bring all the dogs. I have eight dogs. I'd bring all eight dogs <laughs> to check out some old hot rods. Uh, 9 to 3 p.m. Uh, Bear Breaks, 2200 West uh, Peoria Avenue. You can uh, catch it over there. We are talking with Bill Guzik. We're going to hang through the break and uh, dive in a little more. I teased you out with a John Force question, and I and I wanted to visit that. I want to see what the future looks like uh, 10 and maybe 15 years down the road for NHRA, NASCAR maybe. I know it's a large question, but I'd like to investigate that. Stay tuned. Wrench Nation. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Uh, my lovely co-host, Susie Sockets. Hello, Susie. Hello, Frankie. And myself, Frank. And, of course, the wonderful. Going back in time with Mr. Bill Guzik, uh, former of uh, Guzik Speed Shop. Welcome Thank back you. to the show. Thank you. And, of course, I say again, people, Arizona Drag Racers Reunion. Get on out there. March 23rd. That's this weekend. Bear Breaks, 2200 West Peoria, 9 to 3. Good old fun. Before it gets hot, man, get your absorption of car shows, people. There That's you right. Because yeah. it's going to be going away soon. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, some of you may have thought I'm a little, little crazy, and some of you know for real. Yeah, Frank is crazy. Yes, um, he is. But I did. I wanted to pose this because sometimes you got to sort of ask the question to try and come out with a solution, and we're not here to solve the world's problems, but... John Force, 69 years old, will be 70 in May. Yes. Contracts are up. Now, of course, John Force Racing, huge institution with uh, Brittany, Courtney, Robert Hype. They've got a great proc. Yes, they got a great playing field for the future. But John Force is almost like P.T. Barnum of NHRA. (laughs) He he most definitely is. And and, and you just, it is a joy. It is a joy. Uh, in fact, if I was from Finland, had no clue what NHRA was about, <laughs> You'd know that's John the Force. selling power of John Force. You'd right. like, oh, I want to be a part of whatever he's doing. Exactly. John Force won't go away completely, but he may step out of his funny car. It, that's a possibility at some point, I would hope. I would think, yes. Do you think the NHRA is prepared? I mean, we've got great names like Leah Pritchard, Blake Alexander. But John Force is uh, is a big name. Yes, yes. I I hope they are, but you never you never know. You you know things happen, and 
it, they've got to start promoting more of the of the drivers and the names and getting people more interested in in that end of the thing too. I agree. I think if John Force left, it forces the up and comings to come through. What's with your play on words? I know today? that You're was good. another one, huh? All right, all right. John Forrest, John Forrest out in California. If you listening, you heard that right here. <laughs> um, I, I, and I say that respectfully. Some of you are saying, "Oh, listen, it'll it'll keep going." But I ask because right. you know, look at Michael Jordan. Right. Look at look at basketball as it were. Hey, I'm gonna give you an example. And I and I talk to all my drift racing people and familiar about this. Boxing was boxing, and then something took place. A guy named Muhammad he, Ali. Well, absolutely. The heyday of boxing. Mike Tyson. Many legends. But then this thing called UFC, UFC came around. UFC, yeah. And what happened to boxing? Was boxing paying attention? I mean, I'm not saying boxing is gone, people. You're going right. to send me hate mail. But traditional motorsports, as it were, for survivability future, you'd hope they're paying attention. You would hope, yes. Yes, they need to be. Uh, it's You just kind of wonder if NHRA is headed in the in the right direction with a lot of different things that they do. I mean, everything is getting more and more expensive. Well, that's the big sentiment. I mean, if you if you get caught in the weeds like I do with some of these comments that go down, and it is not only the expense, but it's it's the long three-day. Right. Right? You know, maybe we should look at a Saturday and Sunday. Well, but, I mean, the professionals, that's what they do for a living. Yeah. The, the sportsman people, it's a whole different program. They have a normal job most of the time. And you know what I find sad in the sportsman category? After the big boys and gals run, stands empty out, and here's the smaller class of runnings. Right. And it, it... You're there to do it because you love the sport, not because you're looking for the accolades of yeah. doing it. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, as people. So if as you're people. at the track... Don't let Susie and I and maybe 100 other people be the only one. <laughs> stay the whole thing. Right. Don't worry. Hot dogs ain't going anywhere. T-shirts ain't going anywhere. Stay for stay for some of the younger teams. That stay, are, yep. stay for the super comp cars and the super gas and the comp eliminator cars. And Big time. And, yep. and, and so what? They may have one small little sticker of a sponsor, and it's coming out of their pockets. Right. Cheer those people Stay on. till the end. Yes. Come on, all of us in society, we're for the underdogs. <laughs> don't leave. We all were. Don't leave the stands. I, I mean, thought we were there for the hot dogs. My wife, one time, the first time we went, and and I say, you guys heard me say this before. My daughter looked at me. It was her, my daughter and I, first time at an NHRA game. Okay. And my daughter, she looked at me. Dad almost peed his pants, <laughs> passed out. And my daughter, who was seven, looked at me. She's like, "What's wrong with you, Dad?" <laughs> but. My wife at the time was like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to go get something to eat. And I said, no, 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 let's watch the whole thing. Even I knew back then. Like, it's like performing. Like, do you watch the opening act to the Rolling Stones? Maybe that was a bad example, but <laughs> man, hang out for the opening act. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like the first time that my wife went to the races, I, I mean, I've been going for 100 years, but it's like she goes, Wow, that's great. It burns your eyes. It burns your nose. It hurts yep, your chest. Yep. I go, yeah, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, we, we had Blake Alexander on recently, and he's such a great youngster. I mean, he's such an entrepreneur, you know, off-season. He yes. bought his own team. Kudos to him. That was always his dream and vision. But I think we got it out of Blake that, yeah, in the pit, they're messing with you guys with those canisters. Yeah. Let's, let's burp the engine. Yep. <laughs> right yeah. 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 Somewhat. I thought I was going to die. 
I good, really did. It hurt good, so bad. Good way to go. It hurt so bad. Now, how many can you relate? You go for the specific reason of just getting inside that nitrous bubble. <laughs> and, and and then you got to be a big shot because you don't have a charcoal canister or anything. And everybody, <laughs> I mean, to a certain point, people are not looking at you. Oh, he's cool. No, they say, man, that's a damn idiot right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run away from it because it burns my eyes. It does. So. Yeah, it does. But it, it is such a joy just to be a part of that whole, uh, you know, that whole spiritual movement. of, of And that's what I enjoy about NHRA. And, that, that's yeah. the nice thing about racing. Sometimes the racing part of it is boring, but it's the friendships that you make. I mean, yep. I've, I've known people for 60 plus years that I still communicate and talk with. So, yeah, yeah that's that's an important part of racing is the, the friendships. And it doesn't stop. And I give you guys tuning in. I give you an idea. I didn't know this. Johnny Martinez, who is a masterful pinstriper. Okay. Johnny is a talent pinstriper. Everything from custom trophies to some gorgeous custom designs. I'll have you know, I just found out Johnny Martinez started pinstriping. He was 60 years old. Wow. How old? 60. Six zero. You remember Johnny out there? Yeah. So go figure so to supplement what you're saying is, man, it keeps us young. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, mean, it we, does. I mean, most of you non-automotive people who are 60 are saying, oh, I can't do that. But when you're in the automotive culture and you just car peoples and gearheads, we can do anything. I'm 70. I can still, I got, I'm there. Wow. I didn't know he was six or he started when he was 60. 60. He had been, he had been building and taking uh, grand national uh, trophies and, and, and some really nice custom things. And he's, he's lived that journey. Wow. But Good he, for him. Yeah. He said, you know what? And it was a passion. It was a connection to that, that he wanted to pursue. He really liked seeing it and doing it. And it wasn't like he went to art school. Right. No, most, it was most a painters natural, back in the day didn't. Yeah, no, a natural and, talent. And it's the same with horsepower, people. I mean, yeah, I know there's a few schools. <laughs> We're at one of the schools now. You can learn how to build horsepower. Right. But a lot of it is, oh, snap, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Trial and error. You got to learn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have to have the passion for it. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, Bill Guzik, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Uh, Arizona Drag Racers Reunion people. Any last parting words? I appreciate being here and uh, having the information put out. Thank you to uh, Bear Break for all that they've done for us. And hopefully we see everybody Saturday. And I don't want to forget, because it's important. We ask just about every guest, what do you tell a youngster that wants to be a mechanic and everyone else is saying, no, don't do that? Pursue it. Do it. If that's your passion, do it. That's We need more. People need to be doing that thing. Not everybody can be a doctor or a lawyer. Right on. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Mr. Bill Guzik. You rock. You rock, man. Thanks for hanging with Wrench Nation. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. A great show, people. Uh, if you caught the tail end, maybe you went into 7-Eleven and figured it was better to get a cup of coffee than continue with us. That's okay. We still love you. You can catch the full show, the Sunday podcast upload at your favorite player, iTunes, wherever. We're all over. Or get on to WrenchNation.tv. We'd love to have you there. And then don't forget, if you know a great garage, a great mechanic doing some amazing things in their community, reach out to us because we want to hear about it on the show. Part of the show is uh, highlighting the good works and the goodness of the automotive industry. So as I tell you every week, man, we appreciate you. Be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. John's Refrigeration and Train. Installation partners for all train air conditioning systems or trade-ins. Offers vary by equipment. 
complete program eligibility, qualifying systems, dates, details, and restrictions at JustCallJohns.com. It's hard to stop a train.